Welcome to the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. I am delighted to be chatting with a lady who believes that when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. She is a divine luminary whose work as an intuitive channel, teacher, spiritual guide and podcaster dedicates herself to reintroducing the world to a spirituality through the Akasic Records, spiritual guidance coaching and workshops and courses designed to empower individuals to take the reins and transform their lives. Anna is also the host of the Soul Driven Podcast, a weekly podcast that explores the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join her for practical guidance, truthful discussions and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. On today's podcast, we'll be chatting about, I hope I pronounced this correctly, uh, Akasic Records. Uh, a very warm welcome to the podcast, Anna Hendricks. How are you today, Anna? I'm great. How are you? I am wonderful. So let's get this started right now. Where are you right now on planet Earth? On planet Earth, I am currently located in North Carolina in the United States. Very nice. And weather-wise, to make everybody jealous, is it warm? Is it cold? (laughs) What are we talking about? Well, I live in the mountains currently, and it is beautiful. The light leaves are changing. It's chilly. You get nice and cozy at night. Um, It's it's. It's bliss. It's wonderful. It's my favorite time of the year. So, And if you were to give somebody some sort of uh, kind of overview of what North Carolina was like, I have family living in South Carolina, they're near Myrtle Beach, but what would you say about North Carolina? Is it a party town city? Is it fun? <laughs> Is it quiet? Is it a mixture of both? Give your trip advisor rating right now. Yeah, North Carolina is a massive state. So it takes about eight and a half hours, maybe nine, even to get from like, you know, one point to the other, west to east. And within that state, you've got pretty much every kind of climate you could consider. We don't have any like deserts or anything, but there are mountains and forests and wetlands and beaches. And I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's a beautiful state. People in North Carolina are very friendly. They're very outgoing. They it's it's definitely a big touristy state. So we're very used to having folks coming in who are not local and we welcome them in. It's it's a wonderful state. So one of one of my favorites on the East Coast for sure. And to upset people of South Carolina, what's better in North Carolina than South Carolina? (laughs) (laughs) Everything. Everything. Okay. Move swiftly on. Is it food good? I mean, do you know what you, know what you mentioned? Like sometimes when you go to, um, uh, is, it, is it Atlanta, Georgia, where they, they have these wonderful uh, uh, restaurants and food? Is North Carolina quite good for the food? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is again, it's a massive state. So it depends on where you're at. I mean, there's obviously parts of the state that are not as beautiful and not as interesting and not as, you know what I mean? Like whatever, but it's it's got so much variation in it. And depending upon where you're at, there's... There's beautiful cities. There's incredible colleges. Um, there's a lot to do in North Carolina. And so we've also got in the western part of the state, some of the oldest mountain ranges on the planet go through North Carolina. So it's a it's a very interesting state. Plenty to do. Lots of fun to be had. Cool. That's a, that's a five-star rating you've given North Carolina. People <laughs> will be delighted. Absolutely delighted. So I, I gave a uh, brief introduction about your background, uh, Anna. So can you let our listeners know a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Is there anything specific that you'd like to know? You can because... use anything you want to know. Where it all started, to where you go to high school, college, what's going on? 
You oh gosh, okay. Held the full caboodle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a talker, so you cut me off if you need to at any point in time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, honestly, I was born into this lifetime knowing God. I've always had a relationship with God. I've always been personally connected with God. And when I say the word God, I mean love. And so any sort of philosophy or religion or viewpoint that is founded in love, I am aligned with, you know, whether this is source, universe, whatever the case may be. I was a weird child in that. And literally, I, I, I really wrestled with um, allergies and pneumonia and these sorts of things when I was young. And I would keep my parents up at all hours of the night when I was like two and three, asking them questions about God and about Jesus that they couldn't answer. I grew up in a spiritual home, a Christian home specifically, and loved to like tote my little Bible around. I loved the stories in the Bible. Again, I was just, I, I was one of these weird kids who was always spiritually connected, even though I was a serious tomboy and I liked climbing trees and chasing snakes and doing all kinds of different things. Um, but, you know, there was so much within the Christian church that I disagreed with and saw from a very young age that I didn't align with. Yet again, my my personal relationship with God was a reason I continued going. And honestly, that was just a lens in which I viewed the world and experienced the world for a very long time. I was not your typical kid. Again, I really struggled in public school once I got into public school in eighth grade and barely passed high school. I kind of refused to go to class. Okay. Um, you know, my it was funny because I would end up in the principal's office a lot. And he was just like, what's going on, Anna? And it was like, you know, I'm not learning things that are actually going to help me when I graduate. And also the teachers are more bored to be here than I am. You know, um, I, I never missed English or journalism because I'm a writer. I love to write. And I even had a biology teacher who was so passionate about the topic that I loved being in that class, even though like, honestly, like the information just really didn't resonate with me so much. And um, so I really struggled with the typical idea of what you do growing up, you know, going to school and going to college and getting married and having kids. I mean, like none of that was of interest to me. And when I graduated from college, I went to school. I traveled for many years on and off. And, you know, my, my whole relationship with God just really changed and evolved as I went through life. Um, and then when I was living in Vietnam back in 2014, and I was there for about a year, I got extremely sick. I was in bed for, you know, three to four days a week, tons of pain in my stomach. My, my legs would swell up so much. I could barely put my pants on. And I, I thought I had colon cancer, just went through a huge health crisis and in the midst of that, I, I was also, you know, an entrepreneur. I owned a marketing agency at the time and was just, I was losing my business. Everything in my world was falling apart. And this really began like a major shift in my life in regards to my relationship with God, the way that I viewed the world. It was the beginning of, of a different type of awakening outside the confines of the Christian church. And, um, Multiple things happened over the following years, but um, at the end of 2018, I was shutting down my second business. It was a retail business. And within this business, I had really found for the first time a part of my purpose. And I was someone who's always looked for my purpose. And um, 
it was devastating to me. It was, it was the biggest heartbreak that I had gone through at that point in my life. And at the same time, I decided to join a group of friends who were taking a 90 day, no drinking challenge. And the combination of sobriety and my biggest heartbreak just kind of blew the hinges, uh, blew the doors off my, my spiritual, you know, hinges, whatever the case may be. (laughs) And just, ushered me in into what I consider to be my metaphysical awakening. Within that very first month, I was questioning everything within like the first 90 days. I mean, I was literally a changed, different person. I was seeing the world differently. I was viewing everything differently. My experiences were all different. And I actually ended up not drinking for the whole of that year, which was 2019. And in the midst of that year is when I came across the Akashic Records and and it completely and fully changed my life. So I'll, I'll stop there because it's a big Not story. <laughs> uh, but can I ask then, you know, you mentioned you're a little bit weird. So for anybody that kind of feels listening to this podcast that are a little bit weird, how <laughs> how is weird kind of good in a way as well because you're kind of an individual and a little bit different from the pack? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, look, when I look, back at my younger self, I would have handled it, you know, like who I am now, I would have been like, girlfriend, you are awesome. I would have been high-fiving myself instead of feeling like I needed to fit within the constructs of what, you know, life was supposed to be right. Hand quotations. I I'm because I'm a very strong-willed person. And also I think just a very authentic person at my core even though I felt these constructs all around me, I was still very much myself, but I, felt guilty. I felt shamed. I beat myself up. I didn't love myself. You know, I I felt like there was something wrong with me, you know, um, instead of really embracing how different I was. And I think that that, you know, like, I think that happens, right? Like as we get older, we kind of look back at our younger selves. We're like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like you were actually really cool. Like I love what you were doing. You know what I'm saying? And what about them friendships? I mean, with with this love of God, uh, spiritual beliefs, I mean, how did your friendships or your friends kind of, how did they kind of react to that? I mean, were you talking about this a lot to them or did they have similar interests or was it very different? <laughs> I've always been someone who has like multiple different types of group of friends, you know, like I'm not someone who just gravitates to one crowd. And I I grew up in private school and private school that I went to was very small. I mean, it was like, so basically everyone is family, you know, like you've got like 10 people maybe in a, in a classroom and there might even be two different grades within those 10 people, very small. And when I started going to public school in eighth grade, I was, I didn't understand this concept of like, oh, you're supposed to fit in with one crowd. Cause I was like, wait a minute. I like, I like a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this. And so, and that's just, that's just who I am still who I am today. I love bringing together different kinds of different groups of people. It's why I love to travel so much because I love culture. I'm so interested in just difference. You know, I think it's really interesting to me. And um, so I had friends who were Christian and I had friends who were not and that was fine. You know, um, it was, I've never been someone who felt the need to change someone else's mind about their beliefs. 
especially when it comes to religion or spirituality. That is just not, that's not my jam. Right. <laughs> um, it's not my place, you know? And so I, I wasn't alienating people with my viewpoints. And I think that I was always kind of open to other viewpoints as well. So I could have conversations with people who didn't agree with me or didn't see things the same way. And, and it wasn't tenuous, you know, um, I did have people <laughs> who would want to get in arguments with me about it, you know, and argue with me about God and Christianity. And I was just like, look, it's, I'm, I'm glad that you believe your thing and I believe my thing and it's cool. We don't need to, like, I'm not interested in arguing, you know? Um, and I'm still that way today. I just, I'm not going to argue about what is right or wrong. Cause I can never say what is right or wrong for someone else. All I can say is what is right or wrong for me, you know? And I, know. I think that that makes it easier to get along with folks who are different than you. Right. Yeah. No, without a doubt. I think it's, it's, uh, we all have different opinions and maybe values and it doesn't mean another individual is right or wrong. As you said yourself, you just have to respect and, and try and live with them and, you know, love them as best as possible. <laughs> um, so where in Vietnam, what part of Vietnam did you go? I'm just kind of interested in this as a, as the uh, part of Asia. So where, where did you, when you were there, where did you stay or what part of Vietnam? Yeah. So I lived in Ho Chi Minh. Oh, nice. And I lived in the Japanese section of Ho Chi Minh, which if anybody goes, there is a pizza restaurant there and it's like 4-H and it is so good. I'm a massive fan of pizza. So. <laughs> and did you, did you get a chance to go to Halong Bay? Uh, no, I did not actually. Ah, that's I what, did not. I, I, I did, did that a few moons ago, and uh, it's if you ever get a chance to go back, it's a, it's a stunning, um, just just stunning, just natural beauty, I suppose. Um, okay, so let's let's move on then to our pretty much chat of the uh, the podcast. So, <laughs> what is so an idiot like myself or anybody that has no idea what the and I won't pronounce this correctly, Anna. Um, so Akashic Records is it or Akashic Records. It's all good. Either one is fine. <laughs> so, so what what is I mean what is it as simplistic as possible? Yeah, absolutely. So the way I like to explain the Akashic Records, especially for someone who has no understanding of them, which hey, when I first came across the name, I was like Akash what? I I didn't understand either. I had no context for it. I didn't understand it. And when I actually like dove in and learned more about it, it was, it was, it was just like, okay, this is cool, but like, you got to be some kind of, I don't know, like wizard or like, I don't know, like it just, it felt very esoteric to me. So please, <laughs> it's all good. The yep. easiest way to understand <laughs> what the Akashic records are is to think about the cloud, right? Like everyone knows what Google cloud is or Apple cloud, right? We store things there. And so when we want particular information, maybe you know, photos or music or old writings or whatever the case may be, we can access that information within the cloud and bring it down into our everyday. And the Akashic Records is basically the same thing, but on an energetic level. So when I access the Akashic Records, I can access information from past, present, and future for anything. Everything on this planet is energy, right? Like the walls energy, the floor is energy, my my water glass is energy. I'm energy, but we're all vibrating at different levels of energy. And because everything is energy, everything has an Akashic record. 
So I can access information about my own life. I can also access information about a country or a ring that belonged to my grandmother or the records for my business, anything. So, okay. That's <laughs> so, okay. So generally, just to, to make sense of this even for myself, um, to access these records, are you, how do you put this? And correct me if I'm wrong. Are you a psychic or is this, have you had this ability from a younger age that maybe you weren't aware of? And if you're accessing these records, I mean, could you tell me something about myself? Could you tell me about something about somebody else? How does that work? Then? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, everyone is psychic. Everyone is intuitive. Everybody has any ability that I have and maybe more and different ones. We're all intuitive and psychic in our own and unique ways. It's just that we're born into a world that doesn't readily accept that. And so these strengths that we have are dumbed down when we're children. I mean, you think about kids, right? Like kids have this, this way about them where they kind of always know what's going on. You know, even if parents don't realize that they know what's going on, but that intuitive sense that is within them. I mean, you know how parents are right with children. It's like, no, 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 honey, that's not what's happening. No, 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 honey. That's, that's not what you need right now. No, no, honey. That's, that's wrong for you, you know? And so our intuitive senses, because kids know exactly what is fully aligned for them. They know exactly what is right for them. But all of the different, all of the conditioning that comes in at a very young age beats all of that down. And so we think that, you know, there are only some people who have these gifts and only some people who have these abilities. And the thing is, is that we live for hundreds of thousands of lifetimes. And the person who comes into like this present lifetime and maybe just automatically is very connected with their intuitive senses and maybe sees you know, other beings when they're young and or has these obvious kinds of gifts on the front end. It's simply because they've been working with those gifts in their past lives more readily. And so they come in with those gifts. It's just like people who have, you know, musical talents or art talents. It's because they've been doing those in, you know, like recent past lives. And so those things carry on again, energy, energy never dies. And so when we step into a new lifetime, we have those gifts from our past lifetimes. So, but the majority of us have to work out those muscles, just like working out in the gym, right? We've all got yeah. muscles, <laughs> but not everybody uses them, but we could all go get in the gym and lift those weights to be able to do those things, right? Like everyone has that capability. And it's the same thing when it comes to our intuition. And so when I came to the Akashic Records, I wasn't used to working with my intuition in those ways. I didn't understand how my intuition showed up for me. And so it was definitely a process of me learning and me kind of being silly along that path and understanding that a lot of my intuition is also about my imagination. It's also about me allowing myself you know, to get my brain and my head out of the way and work more with my heart and lead more with my heart. And so, I mean, 
I was the CEO of a marketing agency when I came to the Akashic Records. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did not, you know, like I wasn't like doing Reiki and like these other types of things. And at the same time, you know, this connection that I always had with God, this connection of honestly, my channeling abilities was always there and always present, but I never realized that. Our greatest intuitive gifts are the ones that we use so naturally, we don't even realize that they're intuitive gifts, you know? And so I didn't realize that I had constant information channeling through me. I thought it was me, but like, even as a young girl, like people would ask me questions and I would have answers for them that were just mind blowing. And I'd walk away and I'd be like, what the, where did that come from? Right. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you know that wasn't me? That was me stepping into my flow, stepping into my heart center. And I have been doing that my entire life. It is amazing. I mean, do you know, I mean, you talk about past lives and stuff like that. I mean, do you know what you were in a past life? Do you know what you did? You know, is, is that what we're talking about again? Absolutely. 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 So, so, the, so the Anna Hendrix now, what was Anna before? I mean, <laughs> how how can you feel that? Can you sense that? And um, how far back can you go? So I am ancient. I am ancient. I am as old as time. I have been around for some of the first creations ever. I am someone who's been reading the Akashic Records for many, many, many lifetimes. So I don't want to blow your mind and get get too woo and out there for you, but I have. I've played really big roles on this planet before in past lifetimes. And I've also, you know, I've also been a nun. I've also been a daughter. I've also, I mean, I've, I've played every role. When we think about our past lives, it's almost like a movie, right? Like we come in for these movies and we sign up for these different roles and we're going to, our soul wants to play every role that there is out there because what our soul ultimately wants to do is experience everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, the everything. So there is no, like, according to our soul, there is no like right, wrong, that it, that's not how our soul operates because our soul comes and wants to experience all these different things. And in the midst of experiencing these different things grow through our lifetime. So when you hear about purpose, everybody knows, especially in these times, everybody feels that at a deep core level, that there's something that they're here to do. What is that thing? And I got to tell you, it's not one thing. It's usually multiple things. And those multiple things are things that your soul wants to do. So when I've worked with clients, I mean, it's been everything from like, you are here to build a community of, you know, whatever to something as simple as you are here to laugh and to raise the vibration on the planet with your laughter. I mean, it's, it is so many different things. It's not one thing. And so our past lives, like, you know, I've been a terrible person in my past lives. I've killed people. I've, I've also done oh. amazing things <laughs> wow. in my past life. Every single one of us has. And what's so cool about the work that I've done with my clients and also with myself is when you start realizing these things, then you stop looking and pointing fingers at people 
and being like, oh, this is a terrible person. Oh, this is whatever the case may be, right? You stop judging as much because you realize everybody is here playing out their role. They're here. And in that role, they're learning something for their soul and experiencing something that their soul wanted to experience. And it all plays a part in the big overall picture. So this is going to probably sound probably an odd question, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, in terms of, say, planet Earth, right, um, is there other planets? So when we when we we pass on and we come back again and we pass on, come back again, is there another planet we can go on to learn experiences? Or is Earth specifically the only planet out there that we can kind of learn, if that makes sense? Yeah, there are infinite numbers of planets, infinite. It is, it's, <laughs> it's so broad. It's, it's, I think, impossible to even understand while we're in a human body and experiencing a human lifetime. And yes, the short answer to that is yes. If, if we, if, you know, when we are done with our incarnations on earth, then we can absolutely go to different planets. We can go to different places and every place has different lessons set up. So there are like legitimate, like vacation planets where you go and you hang out and you do not a lot of nothing. And maybe you just get to swim at the beach and you just get to eat good food. And like, there's not a lot of difficult things going on and you're just there hanging out. Earth wow. is a learning planet. And when we come to earth, we are here to learn. We're here to grow and evolve, which is why beings want to incarnate on earth very, very badly because you can grow in a short amount of time here on earth very quickly because earth is such a dense, difficult place. It is a polarizing place. And that's not a negative thing. That is that offers us the opportunity again to experience all these different experiences within any one lifetime, right? Yeah. You think about like two different emotions. Like if you didn't understand pain, then you wouldn't understand peace. If you didn't know what hate was, then you wouldn't be able to recognize love. Everything plays a purpose. Uh, how then? Uh, Anna, I mean, if you were giving somebody comfort, right? Say, for say example, somebody is really on their knees at this moment in time and or they've lost a loved one or they're looking at what's going on in the world in terms of fighting and wars and killing and all this type of stuff. What, what would you say to them in terms of having a bit of hope and a bit of belief? What What would you say to them? Honestly, it would really depend on who I'm talking to and what the situation is and and really like what wants to come through me at that time. There's so much and and quite frankly, these are these are my favorite clients to work with. The ones who like come and they like bring it, you know, like they're going through a lot, they're experiencing a lot. I mean, I, I love I love working with clients who are like, what are my gifts and, you know, like these kinds of things, the more lighter topics, but I like, I like digging into the hard stuff. That's what I'm here to do. That's what I've been built for. And I have also spoken into and channeled a lot of really beautiful Akashic messages about the bigger, more tenuous things that are going on on the planet as well. 
because it's important for us to understand things, not only from the perspective that we may be experiencing, but also from a spiritual level, a deeper level that is also higher, you know, the, the bigger picture of what is going on. I know that everything serves a purpose and that what we see is such a tiny piece of the puzzle. It's very important for us to understand that viewing our world in any kind of black and white sense is not going to serve us. And one of the big lessons that we're being invited to right now as a collective, as a planet, is stepping outside of this polarized thinking, you know, pointing fingers and making judgment calls about this is right or wrong or good or bad. Everything exists within shades of gray, basically. And so it's about learning how to see things in a different perspective, you know, um, going to a, a deeper way of like just expanding that topic. So it would really, it would really just kind of depend on the person. But I work with a lot of people who are really struggling in life and, you know, people who have lost folks. I mean, I, I've had everything from clients who, you know, lost a parent at a young age and it like, it was something that even as an adult, they're still struggling with, you know, and the good news as well is that this is not like, I'm not having to be the one who has all the wisdom here right. <laughs> <laughs> because the majority of my work is like, if I'm going to speak on a big topic, like I did a massive reading about COVID. I did a big reading about like the COVID vaccines, right? This was a big topic that everybody, you know, like was like on one side of the fence or other. And the good news is that I get to channel this information and then share it. And then people receive it how they receive it. And so it's not like, this is my opinion. You know what I mean? And that's my job as a channel, whether I'm working one-on-one -on -one with someone or stepping out for the collective in general is being able to share that broader perspective of what is going on so that hopefully we can start realizing what is taking place on planet earth is serving a purpose, regardless of whether we like it or agree with it or anything like that. We've got to start stepping outside those bounds and, and being more open to the possibility that there is so much more to the story than what we are experiencing. So if an individual then was to come to you, uh, Anna, and they ask you to find out about their previous life or, or something spiritual, um, how does it work? So say, for example, I was to go to you tomorrow and I want to uh, you know, enter my Akasic records and find out what's going on or what, what happened in the past. And how does that work then? Yeah. So clients book sessions with me, we meet on Zoom and it honestly feels like a bit of a conversation. You know, um, I usually walk people through like a five minute meditation at first, just so that we can both get grounded and centered. Then I open up the Akashic records, which I personally utilize sacred prayer that really sets the tone and ushers us into the records. And then this person's guides will always channel through like, um, an opening message for them. Sometimes it's very specific, sometimes a little bit more general. And then at that point, if, if the person has any questions about that message, we can dive into those or we can dive into their questions. And I give my, you know, my new clients all receive like a PDF to really assist them in, in putting their questions together. 
And we just go back and forth for the time that's there. I'm channeling the whole time, but it also feels like a conversation. And it's also a very, it's a, it's an incredible experience because it energetically opens up whomever it is that is coming to the records, especially if it's your first time. The number one thing that I have in con- that my clients have in common when they come to the Akashic Records, because the Akashic Records are more esoteric. <laughs> and again, it's not like, oh, Reiki, right? Like everybody knows about Reiki. People who are drawn to the Akashic Records are getting ready to change their life. Something major is getting ready to shift. And that session opens up that energy in order for that movement to take place. And so that can be healing, that can be growth, that can be release, that can be a number of different things that can happen. Um, so, but it's, it's not one of these like super woo woo, like weird, like, (laughs) um, you know, like it's again, I mean, it's quite similar to what we're doing now. It's just that the Akashic records would be channeling through me. So I might sound a lot smarter. (laughs) Right. So, so with, will clients or individuals that are going, uh, to, to speak to you, will they ask anything specific? I mean, are they asking, although they want to, uh, uh, find out information with the records, but will they ask you something like, you know, can you see a loved one or um, uh, from a past life or somebody's, is there that type of stuff as well? It is very specific. Honestly, nobody comes to me to learn about, well, I teach folks how to access and work with the Akashic Records, but when I meet with clients, they're not asking about the Akashic Records. They're coming in with very specific questions for them. And it can be everything from like, what's going on in my relationship right now? Should I get a divorce? You know, what's happening with my career? How can I be a better parent? Um, I've been so sick for so long. What is going on within my body? Why can't I get better? How can I get better? You know, someone might um, ask, okay, so I've been dealing with this pattern my entire life. Is this from my current life or did I bring this in from a past life? I mean, these are very specific questions that people are asking. This is not general stuff at all. And there's, there's no question really that you can't ask except for you have to. So like if I'm in your Akashic records, for instance, and you wanted to know information about someone else, the records will, you know, they'll provide whatever information they can about that info about that person, but they will respect their energetic boundaries. So it, I won't be experiencing it. Like I'm in their records. I need to have someone's permission to go into their records. Right. Right. So like for instance, if a parent's like, all right, I'm having so many issues with my son. I don't know what's going on with my son. The best way for us to go about that is to say, okay, how, how can you be a, a you know, what, what do you need to do in order to be the best parent to be most supportive for your son, you know? And, um, and so, but outside of that, there's like really no information like that we can't ask. And, I'm usually down with folks. I'm like, let's ask, like, you know, we, we can see what they share with us when working with the Akashic records and with someone's guides. It's not like we're working with, uh, we aren't working with beings who have egos. They're not going to get angry at us if we do something <laughs> wrong. They're not, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so if I ask a question that maybe we should, you know, that like that we shouldn't be asking or something like they just won't give me much information, you know? And, and um, how, long, how long does it take to get into the, the groove, we'll say? So say, for example, I was sitting beside you and I had planned a session with you and I went through the PDF. Um, so for anybody that 
you know, wants to contact you. Um, does it happen in the first five minutes? Does it happen first to 10 minutes? How does that work as well? We dive right in. I mean, we, we do a five minute meditation, not only to, because people often come to like, especially if they haven't experienced the Akashic records before, then they come in and they're feeling really anxious and they're a bit nervous. They're excited. You know what I mean? They're just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and the meditation just really helps to ground and center things. And then as soon as that's over, like I open up the records um, and, you know, I've been doing this long enough. Like I, I can click right into the records if I just set the intention. I don't need to say a prayer. I don't need to do meditation. I don't need to do any of those things, but we don't spend like all this time getting into the records. It's, it's like immediate basically. Right. And so for any skeptics out there, um, or anybody from the science community, um, <laughs> and this is not for me to criticize because at the end of the day, I'm quite open-minded. Um, I, I want to believe in everything. Um, so what would you say to them in terms of if there's any skeptics out there or, or do you care? I don't mean that. I don't mean to say it bluntly, but at the end of the day, some people are interested and some people are not. They just get on with their lives and, and that's it. But um, what, what would you say to them or what could you say to them? Yeah. So first of all, everybody is on their own journey and their own path in these lifetimes, you know, like not everybody is meant for any one thing, you know, and, and it doesn't make it right or wrong. If someone isn't into the Akashic record, that's totally fine. You know, on my own podcast, I like to bring in people who specialize in different modalities simply because my, my, my greater mission is simply to reintroduce people to their spirituality. And when I mean spirituality, I mean, coming home to yourself, to who you are, to that God that is within all of us, that deep inner wisdom that we all carry around. And that can be done through a variety of ways, but not everyone's here to live like a super spiritual life or do these things, you know? So I think, first of all, it's important to recognize that and to respect that we're all in a different place. Um, the second part, actually, science has discovered the Akashic field, and they call it the, I'm not going to be able to remember this, it's like something informational field, and it's something that they are exploring at this time. That's a whole different topic. All right. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not, fair. you know, the thing is, is that mm. I'm not, I'm not like a big science person. I respect science, but I think science is far behind what is actually here and available and far behind the metaphysical and the spiritual. And, you know, um, it's going to be so interesting to see what comes forward for us in the next couple of decades, because this is speeding up. And, um, you know, and then I think also that for folks who are skeptical about the Akashic records, like that's fine. You know, that's okay. It's, it's, I, this is not for everybody again. And what I would encourage someone to do is simply to be open, you know, not only to the Akashic records, but potentially to any other sort of metaphysical modality that may be out there. And if you're ever interested in it to just check it out you know, try it out, just kind of be open. Um, I don't really draw people to me who are skeptical. And that's honestly just not anything similar to like, you know, when I was a Christian, I'm like, I'm not here to change your mind. Right. Um, but there is no doubt that when my clients come to session, they walk away changed 
not only in their perspective, but also in their energy, things shift for them. And, um, and so I just trust, you know, that the folks who, who want to check it out will. Is there any risk of accessing the um, Akashic Records? The reason I ask is obviously we see in these movies where people do seances and they're sitting around and they're, <laughs> they're humming and humming and whatever, and then all of a sudden spirits appear. But is, is there any risk involved for anybody that's interested in, in pursuing? This is a great question, and I'm really, really glad that you brought it up because spirituality is becoming trendy. You know, like it already is very trendy, especially here in the US. I can't speak for, you know, for Europe and and Ireland, but it is very trendy in the US. And the problem with this is, is that when people open themselves up spiritually, they don't understand what they're opening themselves up to. And so when we've got people online who are just like, oh yeah, like just practice, practice, you know, your psychic gifts and like doing these things. And there's a lot of folks out there who are just, you know, oh, you can just use this meditation to access the Akashic records. And I honestly, as a, as a practitioner and reader myself, this kind of stuff really, it's like a pet peeve. It's very upsetting to me because it's dangerous. If you don't understand what the spiritual world is, then it's, it's akin to the, the example I like to use, like putting a toddler on the side of like a six lane highway and being on the other side and being like, walk to me. You know, they don't understand what a road is. They don't understand cars or speed or death or any of these things that are obvious to all of us who know these things, right. Who are not toddlers. And the spiritual world is very much the same. There are things that do not have our best interests in mind. There are things that would like to manipulate us or even just to play with us. Like this is not all like dark stuff. It's not how it works, (laughs) but we want to be able to understand what we're doing and what we're accessing and how, what we are opening ourselves up to. Therefore, like when I teach folks how to access the Akashic records and I recommend that people utilize like a sacred prayer when they start wanting to, and you can, Linda Howe created the pathway prayer. It is free online. You can Google it. This prayer was specifically created for beginners. It has the protection built in. It's got everything built in that you need when wanting to access the Akashic records to ensure that not only you will arrive in the correct place, but that you will be protected in that process. So like these meditations are, it's not like, like some terrible things going to happen to you. It's just that you're going to open up energetically and you're going to think because it's like, Ooh, the Akashic record meditation, you're going to think that you're in the Akashic records and you may not will be like, you may not be at all. And then you may be interacting with beings who do not have your highest and best and then you're going to walk away thinking like, oh, yeah, this is what the Akashic Records told me. And like, that's not what happened. <laughs> right. And, and is this open, uh, Anna, is this open to uh, the Akashic Records? Is it open to anyone of any religion or does it specific to one or two religions or just one or is it open to everybody? The Akashic Records are open to anyone who truly wants to access the Akashic Records. The thing is, is that like I've had students before who tried to access the Akashic records and they couldn't. And that was simply because there was something that they needed to work through first. So I had one girl once who had just lost her mother like two weeks before. And they were like, we really want you to deal with more of your grief before you access the records. And she was able to get in just like two weeks later. So it wasn't like this huge thing. 
I had another another student who was asked to forgive someone before she you know had access to the Akashic records. Um, but everyone has access to the records. It's it's not you don't have to be anyone hand quotation special. Um, it's it's about your heart and about what your heart wants. And I can tell you in that, like not everyone has the same access to the Akashic records. And that's obviously, I mean, you think about what has been done in the name of religion, right? On this planet. And so where is your heart at? What is your heart about? And what are you going to do with this information? People who truly want to utilize the information to improve their lives, to assist in the lives of others are going to have more access within the records because they have a more pure heart when coming to the records versus those who want to use it, you know, in potentially nefarious or controlling ways. And the records are going to be in control of all of that. You know, I, I don't fully understand those parameters. I've just experienced them through teaching others and, and seeing those. But for the majority, like most people who are drawn to the Akashic records are very pure in heart. And you, like when it comes to modalities, as far as I'm concerned, there's nowhere that is safer to be than the Akashic records. You are not going to come up against like a demon or like some like dark thing in the Akashic records. And if you do, you are not in the Akashic records. <laughs> right. It kind of it gives a bit of comfort to have that, especially for myself, because uh, it's nice to the kind of, you know, when you're having, if you're having a bad day or you're having a bad experience in life, it's kind of, you said earlier on there, because regards to like, you know, sometimes, you know, to be able to cope, if you have a positive from a negative, um, it kind of gives you that, um, what do you call it? Kind of like for me, it's specifically probably a coping mechanism, so to speak, that if you haven't experienced anything negative, how would you know when something is positive or nice? So it's, uh, yeah, for me, it's it's I'm open minded, as I said, and it's it's really nice listening to you in terms of how how you explain it. So, uh, on a move, let's move on into your the business side of things, the most uncomfortable part of the podcast, the business side. <laughs> um, so the Soul Driven Podcast, that's your podcast. You're the host. So what what's it about? If anybody wants to listen in, because it's much better than this one, so you must oh, get please. in touch. So go ahead, Soul Soul Driven <laughs> Podcast. So sell yourself there, Anna. Sell yourself. <laughs> On the Soul Driven Podcast, we are exploring that intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. So it is all about, again, connecting with your spirituality, understanding the importance of connecting with your spirituality. You know, the thing is, is that every person on this planet, every person on this planet wants to connect with God, wants to connect with source, universe, whatever the heck you want to call it. Every one of us is looking for that spiritual connection. That is why people spend ridiculous amounts of money on cars and, and hot women and, and all these things, because they're looking to satisfy and fill a part of themselves that can never be filled by the material. It can only be filled by connecting within and connecting to, again, one's own wisdom, one's own self. And so my podcast, I talk with a wide range of different people who are doing this in many different ways. I share a lot on different topics connected to this, but also just connected to like being a spiritual person living in, in this world, you know, because it's, it's not always easy. And it's kind of like the matrix, right? When you take that pill and all of a sudden you see things clear 
And sometimes we just want to like eat that steak and be like, man, ignorance is bliss. You know, (laughs) (laughs) we kind of want to go back because once you see things clearly, you can't live the ways that you did before. You, you aren't satiated by the food, by the people, by the activities, by any of it, the way that you were before. And it's an initiation that not a lot of people choose because it's, it's not easier. I'll, I'll be honest about that. And the thing that I love about the Akasha Records so much and what I see them as is they are the greatest tool for self-empowerment because they assist us in connecting with that wisdom that is within, whether it is about how maybe to have the best week or how to make a decision about a big topic in our life. You know, it, it, it enables us to connect within not only to connect with our spiritual self, but then also to have that wisdom and guidance so that we can thrive as we move forward instead of just survive, you know? So I share monthly forecasts from the Akasha Records and my podcast. I share channeled, you know, teachings. I, I do a number of different things. I just try to have fun, honestly. <laughs> oh, you sound like you are having fun. It's, it's, um, I'm, I'm being nosy here, uh, Anna, at the moment. I'm on your website, AnnaHendricks.com. And if anybody was to get in touch with you, say today or tomorrow uh, or in the future, and they wanted to uh, chat with you or what services, um, I mean, generally, do you do you provide or how does how does it work? And I mean, does, does an individual get in touch with you? Does corporations get in touch with you? How does that all work? Yeah, so people can connect with me however they would prefer. I'm I'm on Instagram, so you could just pop over and follow me and say hi. I share quite a few things on Instagram and 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 make these little videos and and I'm trying to be better about showing my face. <laughs> oh, I'm the same. Nobody um, wants to see my face though, unfortunately. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> my face doesn't have a, I have a face for radio. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, please. <laughs> well, I felt the same. I mean, like honestly, I'm I'm a bit more comfortable behind the scenes, but that is not what I'm that's not where I'm called to be. So I'm I've been pushing myself out there. I've been trying to be brave. Um, but you know, like if you want to book an Akashic session, you can do that directly from my website. I also work with folks one-on-one doing like mentorships. Those are longer term things that we're working through. I also host workshops and courses. I am just getting ready to launch my newest course. Well, it's already launched, but we're, we're going to be going live the beginning of November. It's called an Akashic journey with fear, reclaim your life. And we are going to be diving in deep with the Akashic Records, really transforming our relationship to fear, um, generational fears, personal fears, worthiness fears, fears around money, fears around the future, fears. I mean, it's it's action-packed. It's huge. Um, I offer Akashic restoration sessions as well, which is an energy healing session. And so I also do... I'm offering Akashic Restoration Circles right now. So this is a group event. I'm hosting two in October and um, you can come in and get some yummy energy healing. I will basically be connecting with your Akashic Records. What I do, whether in session or in the circles, is connect with the Akashic Records and speak with your higher self, find out what most needs to be released. And then I channel about that and then we go in and do that work. Um, the one-on-one restoration sessions are a bit different and that usually folks bring a big topic that they really want to work through. And oftentimes we work multiple sessions on that topic. It just kind of depends, but, um, 
like I'm, I'm working with uh, one of my clients right now. We've, I think we're about three or four sessions in, but he, he is, uh, his heart has always been protected. He has never really been able to experience life, to fully experience love, to fully experience emotion. And so we've been going in multiple and, and working on removing and clearing and healing different layers. And of course, in the midst of that, learning more about where this came from and how this has been serving him and the purpose and all these kinds of different things. It's, it's very, it's incredible stuff. So I'm and honored this, and however, however I get to show up for folks. And, and this is available to anybody worldwide. So it's not specifically to those in America or North Carolina. So generally via Zoom or it's open to everybody. I only meet, yeah, I only meet with clients via Zoom. I I, I used to do uh, in-person sessions at the beginning and it's just energetically, it's too much for me. <laughs> right. No, no, I understand. So I'm on your website here. So those workshops are October 13th and 26th. Is that correct? Or is it both? Correct. Yeah. Those are the Akashic circle, the restoration circles. And um, and then I've, I'm doing a level two that, that's for the folks who've already done level one with me in regards to learning how to access the Akashic records. And um, and then there's, you know, the information about the fear course underneath courses as well. So and yeah. the, the workshops change, you know, like every month I've I've come back out. I, I did a, a workshop with another practitioner who's um, a channeler. We, we did a workshop on channeling. So, um, and there's going to be more in the future with, with other practitioners as well. Cause again, you know, the Akashic records aren't for everybody. And what's most important for me is that I introduce these different modalities and these different ways of working with your intuition so that you can find something that really aligns with you. No, it's, it's been amazing chatting to you, uh, Anna. It's, uh, it's opened my eyes. I think I might have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a session in the future with you um, but it's uh, also let me say thanks so much to uh, Anna Hendricks for uh, chatting today on the Wellbeing Crew podcast as soon as the podcast has been approved um, it'll be released um, for all listeners to listen to and get in touch with Anna so thanks so much Anna for chatting me today thank you so much for having me David and great questions it was awesome my, my pleasure thank <laughs> you <laughs>